How's working from home been going for you? Remarkably Remote from GoToMeeting will help you succeed in today's new normal. In just three minutes or less, we'll share simple but helpful tips to keep you on track. From managing your motivation, workload, and relationships, to hosting and attending virtual events that keep you connected with your clients and colleagues. So check out Remarkably Remote on your favorite podcasting platform or head to gotomeeting.com slash tips. Hello and welcome to Everybody Hits on a beautiful Thursday afternoon, beautiful from our own houses. I don't really know if we can say what it's like outside, but uh, this is Everybody Hits, our Phillies podcast on The Athletic. Bo Wolf joined by Matt Gelb and a special guest today, uh, very pleased to be joined by Tim Kirkjian. Tim, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us. Well, my pleasure, Bo. It's nice talking to you again and Matt. And Matt, I don't think you know the story when Steve Wolf was covering the playoffs many years ago, Bo was like five. And Steve, <laughs> Steve had to go in and interview Dennis Eckersley. So I was working at Sports Illustrated with him. But he said, look, I need you to take care of my son for a few minutes. I got to go inside and talk to the Eck. Well, it's never short with the Eck. So I had to take care of Bo Wolf when he was like five years old. I figured, well, I'm good with kids. You know, we're. We're the same size, so what What the heck? And Bo was a, just a crying mess until his dad came out. So hopefully there will be no tears today. I cannot promise that, but this is de- you are definitely the first babysitter that we've had on the podcast. <laughs> this is tremendous. I had no idea that that backstory existed, but, I mean, that's that's uh, that's pretty phenomenal. I mean, I hope the interview with Eckersley went well. I mean, I hope it was worth yeah, it. I hope so. I hope so, too. Uh, I hope he I hope he uh, he made it worth my dad's worth worth Tim's while more more importantly. Um, so what we're gonna do today we're gonna get a, we're gonna get a little a little wistful a little nostalgic for uh, for the things that we miss about baseball the things that as uh, as time continues to creep along and all sort of rolling into one long day uh, the things that we miss about uh, being able to watch baseball and so uh, how do you want to go how do you want to go through this we're gonna draft the things Matt do you think we should give uh, our esteemed guest, the first choice, or, or let him pick where he wants to go. What do you think? I mean, we can let Tim pick, but really, he should get the first pick here. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm gonna take the thing I miss the most is the most obvious thing. I miss being at the ballpark. I've been going to the ballpark like every day or all the time for 41 years, and there is no substitute for being at the ballpark. I mean, I love doing baseball tonight from the studio and I love watching games on TV, but when you're at the ballpark, it's different and it's way better and it's always better. And I still love to watch the games. I think we've gotten a little bit away from watching the games these days. We're, we're determining value and what are the, whether a player can play based on uh, some sort of set of statistics or a spreadsheet or something. I like to watch the games. I like to talk to the players. That's what I miss the most. That's a good one. I think my first one, and I won't use this now, but I, it's kind of, it's basically like that, Tim, but I miss like getting to the empty ballpark at like 2 PM. You know, that's something that I would do quite often for, for my job. And I, that's my favorite part of the day. I mean, seriously, like I love watching the games. I love baseball, but there's nothing to me like getting to the empty ballpark and you feel like you had this place to yourself. It's, it's early in the afternoon. You're kind of setting up your workstation in the press box and it's a nice spring or summer day. 
I love that feeling. I miss that feeling so much. That's a very, uh, very subtle and uh, professional way to let the bosses know that you show up to work early. <laughs> I really miss being the first guy there. It's great. Yeah, it's great. That is not, no. I mean, there's something about the- I think that's fair. The, yeah. the right. calmness. Right. I, I totally agree with you, Matt. And if I may, I got to the vet once. I'm not bragging here, Bo, and don't yell at me. <laughs> I got to the vet once at 1230 for a seven o'clock game because I was traveling. There was nowhere to go. So I went to, to where I was going to be working that night. And Juan Pierre of the Marlins was at the vet and he was rolling the ball down the third baseline at 12.30 in the afternoon to see how the bunts might roll that night on the dirt. And I thought, oh my goodness, look what I learned at the ballpark. There's a guy here six and a half hours before the game starts, and he's rolling bunts down the line just to see how the ball might move if he if he gets one there with a bunt. That's pretty great. That's awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll go next if you uh, if that's all right with you, Matt, and then you can, you can go uh, twice on the snake there. Um, I'm going to go with, I miss, I miss rookie debuts. I miss a guy's very first major league game. I miss the, you know, the unseen mystery about what this guy's going to look like. Can he handle what's out there? And, and even more than that, I miss like the, uh, you know, sometimes you get the interview with his parents in the stands. Uh, you know, he gets his first hit and everybody's uh, giving him the silent treatment in the dugout or even better if it's a pitcher. And then there's really some intrigue about what the stuff is going to look like. I think that's one of my one of my favorite parts of the baseball season uh, when a when a rookie comes up for the first time. Good pick. I really like that. I mean, th- we love we love the journey sometimes more than we love you know that the guy actually getting there. We love that, but we love the journey of the guy getting there. And baseball has such a unique journey because of the minor leagues, and that's cool. And we may that that journey might change now forever. I mean, the minor leagues are going to change, and who knows what happens to affiliated baseball. Now, uh, I believe our listeners aren't going to be able to see this, but we do have a peek into the the Gelb office, and there are a, a bunch of uh, bobbleheads behind you. I'm curious if bobbleheads are going to make your draft board. Uh, I don't know. There is a glove from Steve Wolf, though, on one of mm. these bookcases. So my, my video just went out. Uh, yes, I have a lot of strange memorabilia up there. There's a, there, I, think, I think there's a Niger Morgan uh, bobblehead, which is one of my favorites. Wow. So basically just collected from, you know, being at the ballpark and yeah. All right. I get two picks here. So I'm the first one I'm going to go with my favorite play uh, in a game. And that's like a bang, bang, triple in the gap. You know, a, a, a speedy guy hits one in the gap and he's going for three and you get a bang, bang play at third base. That to me is my absolute favorite play uh, possible in a game. I miss that so much. Like, I love that. I love the energy of that play. I love the crowd's reaction to that play. I love the guy going for three bases when he probably doesn't need to. I love that. I love everything about it. And my next pick, my fourth pick, or the fourth pick, my second pick is I miss keeping score. And Mm. and I'm kind of a, I I am like an outcast in the press box these days because there aren't many people who keep score anymore, let alone keep a score book. Like I actually keep a book uh, that I carry around all season. And I, I have the last few years I've gone with uh, the Anthony Tacomo scorebook. Uh, Tony covers the Mets for MLB.com and he makes his own book every year and actually sells it to whoever wants it. And uh, I, I miss keeping score. And that, Tim, you're talking about we've gotten away from watching the games. Keeping score not only helps me, you know, pay attention, but, you know, for later on for my story, be able to mark something down, but it makes me pay attention. It makes me watch 
uh, as many pitches as I possibly can. And I do think that's really, really important because we have gotten away. We're so distracted at times. Keeping score is so much fun and like everybody has their own style. I love that. I, 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 I get romantic about keeping score and it's a very nerdy thing. Yeah, sorry, Bo, for a second. Uh, Bob DiBiasio, who is a PR guy for the Indians and has been forever, every year he runs a little scorekeeping clinic at their, like, midwinter banquet to show anyone who doesn't know how to keep score how to keep score. He does it on the big screen and all that to explain some stuff. So he told me once he's explaining a very intricate scoring play, and a nun in the back of the room stands up and goes, no, 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 that's not how you would score that. Let me show you how I score that play. A nun in the back of the room was lecturing Bobby D on how to score that play. Support your point, Matt. No two people score the same way, especially if you're a nun. And, and that's why I love it so much because you can, it doesn't matter how you do it as long as you do it. And, and fewer people do it now than ever, but I just I love it. I really miss that. I'm gonna I'm gonna save that so that the next time I'm sitting next to Matt and he's scoring the game, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a ruler and whack his hand if I feel like he's not doing it the right way. Fair enough. Uh, I will go with uh, if if the triple is your favorite play, I will take my favorite play, which is uh, an outfield assist from uh, an outfielder with a real howitzer of an arm, um, and then like you know the anticipation of. Uh, is is the runner going to test this guy? Uh, that's that's my favorite thing, and uh, you know we don't get a ton of that anymore. But it is it is my favorite thing. So that is my uh, that is my pick for uh, the second thing that I miss the most. And my second thing is uh, the box scores in the morning. There is nothing that makes me happier or makes me more satisfied or feel more prepared than when I open a Diet Mountain Dew at five thirty or six. <laughs> I don't drink coffee. I'm the only sports writer in history who doesn't. But it tastes really good in the morning. I read all the box scores. I devour them. And I feel like when I'm done and after I'm done with my day-by-day book, which I do by hand every day, I used to cut cut out the box scores. I cut out every box score for 20 years. I still keep a day-by-day book by hand. It takes about a half an hour a day. But everything is better for me. After I've gone through the box scores, I feel like I'm at least a tiny bit up to date. And by the way, every day I look for what I call the reverse triple-double. Every day I look for that guy who grounds into two double plays, two errors, and strikes out twice in one game. And (laughs) those categories became official. Kurt Babakwa in 1978 is the only player who has done that. But... It is really pathetic, and it is really <laughs> that every morning, if I ever see a guy with two GIDPs, which is pretty unusual, I start to go, oh, my God, we have it this could be here. It. And if, when it happens, I'm just going to have to retire because I, I can't think <laughs> of anything that could get better than that. That's fantastic. And, of course, uh, you would you would probably know this, but, but going through the pasting of the box scores every morning reminds me, uh, of course, of – uh, I was lucky enough to intern at, at Elias Sports Brew and uh, Seymour Seawoff, the uh, the erstwhile uh, maven of Elias, doing it every morning. You, you walk in uh, at you know eight thirty in the morning, and there he is in his suspenders, taking out the uh, the rubber cement and cutting the box score every morning, even though it was all still digitized. So that is a, that is a bit of a romantic <laughs> thought for me. 
Yeah, my wife has often reminded me, you know, you can get all the stuff. (laughs) I'm well aware of that. I just absorb it better and I see it better when I do it with my own two hands. Uh, Tim, I think you get you get another pick. Um, Well, as far as as great plays go, um, the infield defense, especially in the middle of the infield, is my favorite thing of all time. When I used to watch Roberto Alomar and Omar Vizquel play together, especially during infield or back then, really, it was just batting practice. I will watch those guys take ground balls. It was the best thing that it's my favorite part of the game and it always will be. And at the end of BP or their little ground ball session, they always used to mess around, throw balls behind their back, between their legs, deflect it off the heel of their glove to the other guy. It was like watching the Globetrotters. Those guys are so unbelievably skilled. And our middle infielders in the big leagues are still remarkably skilled. But there is... There's no combo that can match for me, at least, Vizquel and Alomar, two magicians in the middle. That's pretty good. I, I had on my list, uh, on my big board, the uh, the glove flip on a double play. That's an, an, a little, uh, you know, small little thing that I love. But I will uh, I will leave the infield defense to you. I will go with uh, something a little bit more, uh, you know, personal and do the going to sleep with a West Coast radio game on as the as the soundtrack to falling asleep that was always uh, an exciting thing as a you know as a little kid when your team was playing on the west coast you know you could uh, put on the radio and uh, listen to it as you go to bed i still do that on on my phone so uh that's a nice little you know i miss we all miss like the daily beats of the game and the uh the things that are uh you know we have come to expect and that's one of those things that i always get excited about so i'll, I'll put that one good one because my next one one of them was going to be, you know, I actually, I really miss late night baseball. And it's funny because I would come home from the ballpark, you know, after covering a Phillies game. And typically I would sit on the couch and maybe turn on whatever game was still on. And uh, actually working at the athletic now, sometimes I would, I would come home. Uh, I would, I would write at home instead of writing at the ballpark since I didn't have a newspaper deadline anymore. So I would actually bring my work home with me and I would just sit and watch whatever game was still on after covering a game. And I think my wife thought that that was pretty strange. <laughs> But I love that. But so good pick. I applaud that pick. So I will so go. I think, I think I think Matt will probably go four rounds here. So these will be your, All right, your last, last your, one. Your so two picks. I am going to go with uh, this is just this is such a personal one and people are, aren't going to be able to relate to this probably. So it's terrible. But I, I miss talking pitching with with a pitching coach. And I've been lucky over you know my 10 years covering baseball to have some awesome pitching coaches to use as resources, Rich Doobie, Bob McClure, Rick Kranitz this year, even just getting to talk to Brian Price and spring training. I love that. I love trying to learn as much as I can about pitching and nobody taught me more than, than Rich Doobie. And, and he was kind of a hard headed guy and I was a young reporter and we didn't get along, but we eventually did. And I loved listening to, to them talk about pitching and, and different ideas and sequences and, uh, that that to me has been one of the more rewarding parts of my job and hopefully can relay some of that, you know, to the readers, you know, through learning some of that. So I, I love, I miss talking pitching uh, and specifically with those, with the pitching coaches. There are certain times when you don't want to have to go to the doctor's office to get help for a medical condition. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. 
Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with a free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman slash Hits for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Hits for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. My, my last pick is, it might be, I don't think it'd be controversial. I, I miss Dan Baker. I miss Dan Baker okay. announcing things. And, and and on a personal level, I mean, Dan Baker is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. And, you know, before he does his job as the Phillies PA man at Citizens Bank Park, he'll go through the press box and go into the, the cafeteria behind the press box, and he knows everybody's name. And he says, hi, Matt. Hi, Todd. You know, how are you today? And, like, he, you know, does all this. And hi, Megan. And he is the friendliest man. And, you know, he has, you know, he has his shtick. He has his thing where he's on the field before the game, which might be a little over the top, but you can't beat that voice. And, like, that, you know, to me, he is uh, one of the voices of summer. And uh, I kind of miss just hearing him announce Bryce Harper or whoever it is. I don't care who it is. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Uh, I will uh, I will close out my board with, um, I guess, in a macro sense, the the tension of, you know, a close game in the late innings. I was talk I was trying to go through uh, some options with my brother and he said, you know, the, the, uh, the leadoff walk in the ninth of a one run game, which I thought was a good. Uh, encapsulation of this but I think I just miss the the tension the slow build of what's he gonna throw you know uh and anything could still happen uh until the last strike so I miss uh, I miss the tension we're not quite at the playoffs but uh even the, the tension of any any close game late in the game is is uh it's something that I don't think we get from from other sports and I, I still miss batting practice. Frank Robinson used to tell me he hated BP. He would take like six swings. He was loose. That was enough. Eddie Murray was the worst BP hitter I've ever seen because he didn't want to waste any swings in the cage. He would take them in the game. Giancarlo Stanton in his prime with Marlins used to hit balls to the opposite field all the time just to get used to that. And then the last round, the hitting coach Eduardo Perez once told me, Watch this. Then he hit balls in the third deck in Cincinnati. It was it was a joke. I used to watch Julio Franco take batting practice with a full donut on his back. <laughs> he got the biggest bat in the world anyway. Right. Not one of those half donuts. He put a full donut on his bat and hit line drives all over the field. Bobby Valentine had an answer for everything. He's so smart. I said, Bobby. How can he do that? And he looked at me and goes, I have no idea. It's <laughs> possible. And of course, to finish, the, the BP pitchers are amazing to me. Yes. We brag that a guy can pitch out of the bullpen three nights in a row. The BP guys throw every night. Rich Donnelly, in my opinion, is the greatest BP thrower ever. And he told me last spring, not this spring, try to picture this, 15-minute batting practice session. Not one ball was in the cage at the end of 15 minutes. Wow. Meaning every pitch was a strike and the batter swung at it and every ball was centered well enough 
to get out of the cage. That is success for a BP pitcher. No balls in the cage after a 15-minute round. That's like a no-hitter. That's a that's a perfect game. It is. That's impossible. And that's a 68-year-old man doing that. Unbelievable. Yeah, so I got to enjoy watching. You know, Larry Boa still throws BP in spring training, and he he was throwing it this spring. He's 71. Incredible BP pitcher. And then, Tim, to your Giancarlo Stanton story, one of my, one of my favorite moments – early on it is what had been 2010 or 2011 they were still at uh at dolphin stadium charlie Manuel would go out early and sit in the dugout because he wanted to watch stan's bp that's he just sat there and he just he just took it in he loved watching it and that's always that is forever ingrained in my mind i will always remember that and of course during bp all the fungo work is going on but getting back to bp jose okendo is the best fungo guy i have ever seen and one day after I pressed him on it, he told me he could pitch batting practice with his fungo bat, meaning he no. hit the ball over <laughs> the plate from the, the dirt in front of the mound. And he looked at me and he goes, not all of them are going to be strikes. Most of them will, but I won't hit anyone with a pitch. And then he showed me a couple of plays, I mean, a couple of times where he hit the ball over the plate for a strike with a fungo bat. <laughs> That's, That's what fantastic. Really good ones can do. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh, so to recap, I will uh, I will read through our picks. Uh, Tim's picks: just being at the ballpark. The morning box score, infield defense, and batting practice. That's a, that's a tough roster to beat, I would say. I've got uh, rookie debuts, outfield assists, West Coast uh, radio falling asleep to that, and uh, the tension of a close game late. And Mr. Gelb, the bang bang triple, keeping score. Uh, talking pitching with pitching coaches and Dan Baker. Dan Baker, the only individual drafted. No, like Aaron Nola, no uh, Bryce Harper, anything like that. Dan Baker, the only individual. Good for him. Right. And, and Matt, make sure the next time you see Aaron Boone, you ask him to do his Dan Baker impersonation. Booney can imitate anyone, any voice, any bad stance. He does the best Dan Baker, so make sure he does it for you because he will if you ask I will That's because fantastic. a lot of people have a Dan Baker. You know, they have a lot of people think they can do it, and some people can do it well. But it's like Merrill Reese a little bit. Yeah, it's hard to do. It's a hard one to do. So, Tim, how are uh, how are you holding up here through through quarantine? What 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 are you doing to keep yourself busy? Uh, well, I've written every single day starting March the twenty sixth with uh, my personal version of this date in baseball history. It runs on ESPN.com every day, so I've written like. 55 days in a row. Uh, wow. Unbelievable. I am through now June the uh, 10th in, in this date in baseball history. There's accompanying video to go with it. It's it's done to bring a smile to the face, hopefully, of our best baseball fans who aren't smiling much these days. And it's also being done, in my regard, to keep me sane. <laughs> I don't have any hobbies. I think everything around the house. Uh, there's not much I'm good at. There's nothing I'm really good at. So this is a way for me to just keep my hand in things, try to stay sharp, and learn a whole lot as I go back through every day in baseball history. So March 26th, all the way through now, through May 21st. Whatever it is today, that's good. Yeah, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> I don't think, I think, Tim, that's probably the other the other good thing is you're, you're the only one who knows what day it is now. <laughs> Yeah, but the 
problem is since I'm writing ahead of myself and I'm up <laughs> there are days I think it's June the 8th and I realize three weeks off. That's very funny. Uh, if you will indulge me, I will close. I, I asked my dad what give me one good question to ask uh, to ask Tim. He said, ask him if he thinks he could have played for Earl Weaver. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, Earl was the best manager I've ever seen. And if I was good enough to play, Earl would have played me, meaning he played no favorites. Okay, of course, I would have never been good enough to play for Earl. And I'm sure you guys have heard this story, but this is the only Earl story you need to hear. Pat Kelly was an outfielder on their team. During his time on the Orioles, he decided to become a minister. So he was waiting for the perfect moment to go talk to Earl, the poignant moment where he's going to share this life decision. He finally finds it. He goes to, he goes to Earl and he says, Earl, I'm going to walk with the Lord. And Earl said, I'd rather you walk with the bases loaded. <laughs> <laughs> that was Earl in a nutshell, but don't ever, don't ever miss this. He taught me more about baseball than anyone I've ever been around. He was the best. That's great. Well, uh, Tim, thank you so much for, for taking the time to uh, to come on Everybody Hits. And uh, we will all be reading your uh, day, This Day in Baseball History. And hopefully, at some point, this day will be the return of baseball. Well, I certainly hope so, because I don't think I have 175 <laughs> stories in me. Well, I'm 55 in, and I'm running out. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, well, that'll do it for this episode of Everybody Hits. For Matt and, uh, and Tim, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. Thank you.